to The Meaning of the Movie, our podcast about what matters most when it comes to the film. You're about to hear a spoiler-free, I'm not going to spoil any movies today, discussion about the themes, the characters, and why the Oscars are worth watching and thinking more deeply about. I'm your host, Rob Stinnett, and uh, for the first time in Meaning of the Movie history, I am here by myself because I know that the Oscars are coming up. Andrew is traveling all around doing some productions right now. But the Oscars will not stop. They will not wait for Andrew. And so I've got to give you some preview content about what to be looking forward to when it comes to the Oscars. Um, You've probably heard me talk about it before. I care about the Oscars a bunch because I think it's a chance to reflect on movies. And most of all, I think it's a chance to catch up on movies that kind of come and go. And it's a way to be like, okay, wait, wait, I want to watch some of these movies. And the truth is, if you don't watch the movies before the Oscars you're probably never going to go watch them after the Oscars are over. So you have a couple of weeks. Oscars are on March 12th. And what I want to do is share this podcast with you and invite you to go see some of the movies themselves. So I was debating the way to do this. And what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to go through all the major categories. And then I'm going to share with you what I think is going to win and what I hope wins. Um, And then maybe you can decide, okay, these are some of the films that I've already seen or these are the films that I need to see leading up into Oscar night. And so it's pretty simple. This is going to be a shorter episode, but it will help you get prepped for the Oscars. Um, One final thought when it comes to the Oscars, is anything crazy going to happen this year? Last year, obviously, there was the slap. It was a huge moment. People kept talking about it. No one even knows what won Best Picture last year. Spoiler, it was CODA. CODA won last year, but no one thinks about that. Everyone thinks about the slap. Um, A few years before that, I think six, seven years before that, there was the La La Land versus Moonlight fiasco. There was a huge article in Hollywood Reporter that just came out that like detailed everything that happened in that. And those are the two probably most engaging moments of live television in my lifetime. I mean, engaging may not be the right word, but definitely like breathtaking, oh my gosh, I remember exactly where I was then. I'm not talking about big catastrophes, wars, tsunamis, 9-11, anything like that, but just in a like pop culture sort of way, those two Oscar moments were, wow, I know where I was when I was watching them moments, unlike anything else. And so I don't think we're going to get anything like that this year. I think... (laughs) You know, those are once-in-a-lifetime moments, um, but you never know. I think that's what's fun about the Oscars is you never know what will happen. What we do know will happen is they're going to give out some awards. So I'm going to go category by category, give you some of my thoughts, and then help you prepare. And that's all this episode is. Okay, so the first category is Best Original Screenplay. Here's what's nominated. The Banshees of Inner Sharon, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Triangle of Sadness, The Fablemans, and Tar. What I hope wins in this category is The Banshees of Inner Sharon. Uh, Just because, like I mentioned before, this is a really amazing story with like such captivating dialogue. And most of all, it's funny. This, to me, was the most I laughed in any of the Best Picture nominees. It's really fun. It's a dry humor where everything everywhere all at once is also really funny. But it's like sight gags. It's like crazy oh my gosh, they're jumping in a donut and they're attacking, what are they attacking with each other with? This is crazy. It's like crazy stuff like that and everything everywhere. Banshee's Vanner Sharon is much more people hanging out, talking, and it's just a really funny, witty dialogue. And so I love that screenplay. 
What do I think is going to win? I think everything everywhere is going to win this category. I actually think it's going to clean up in the Oscars. I think it's going to win five, six, seven Oscars. Um, and so the only reason I didn't even pick that is because I'm trying to talk about different movies. And Banshees is so much fun, uh, heartwarming, and I think it's worth watching. And so those are a few to be watching out for when it comes to best original screenplay. Really stacked category this year. Best Adapted Screenplay, I don't think it's quite as stacked, but here's what no, here's what's nominated in that one. All Quiet in the Western Front, Glass Onion, Living, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking. Was there like a book? <laughs> Top Gun Maverick? How is that adapted? I guess because it's a sequel and it falls in that category. Um, what I think is going to win is Women Talking. I've heard... Um, Really good things about that movie. I've not seen it yet, but a lot of people are saying this is a sharp screenplay and it's going to win. What I hope wins is All Quiet in the Western Front. I just think war movies are hard to do because we've seen so many of them before. And this movie, the screenplay is really sharp. It's not written in English. Um, or maybe it was written in English, but the movie itself is not in English. But still, the dialogue, the pacing, the structure, it does so many things you want a screenplay to do. And so I would love to see that one win. So my hope is All Quiet in the Western Front. What I predict is Women Talking will win that one. Now, our next category is this, Best Supporting Actor. What I think is going to win is Brendan Gleeson from Banshee's Vinter Sharon. He has never won an Oscar before. And this guy is so deserving. He's been in everything. He's one of those guys that you just depend on. He shows up in anything from Harry Potter to a prestige drama, and he's going to give a great performance. So it's amazing that he's never won an Oscar, and I think it would be really, really great for him to finally win one. But who I hope wins is Kei Kwan, because I think it's such an amazing story. For, you know, he was short round in Indiana Jones. He was Data in The Goonies. He sort of played these iconic parts and then disappeared for 30 years, was just out of the spotlight. No one had seen him, no one had heard of him. I mean, I'm sure he had a life somewhere. He was doing something. But as far as movies and popular culture, he was out of it. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting in a theater last year and I see him pop up in a preview and I'm like, no way. That is short round in a movie. So the story of this guy just kind of being on the couch seeing Crazy Rich Agents, and then being like, you know what, maybe there's a place for me, contacting an ag his agent, getting a part, and the way his life has transformed. I love that story. And so to me, I'm a sucker for a good story. Obviously, I'm a sucker for 80s classics, and it lines up everything. It checks all the boxes. So I'm really rooting for Kei Kwan, but I'd be great if Brendan Gleeson won it as well. The other person who could win it is Judd Hirsch. Uh, who is incredible in The Fablemans. In fact, as soon as The Fablemans was over and I walked out, I was like, that dude is going to win Best Supporting Actor. He's only in two or three scenes, but he is just a firecracker every single scene he's in. He's amazing. And he's another one of those guys who's been around forever. He was in Taxi. He was in uh, Ordinary People, I believe. He was just in so many, like, He's Hollywood royalty, essentially, but he's also just a character actor who's kind of gotten older and disappeared. And so for him to come roaring back in this movie with his performance was really fun to see, and he may be a dark horse to win it. Uh, next category is Best Supporting Actress. We have Angela Bassett for Black Panther. We have Hong Chao for The Whale. We have Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inner Sharon. We have Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere. And we have Stephanie Hsu for Everything Everywhere. Uh, a lot of everything everywhere love in this category, and I think rightfully so. Like, these are three great performances that kind of hold the movie together. 
Um, I think Angela Bassett is going to win this. I think it's another, like, Oscars, you'll hear this theme a lot as I'm going through these actor categories, but Oscars love to nominate people who have been around for a long time and doing good work, and that is definitely Angela Bassett. She is um, such an incredible performer. Her performance in Black Panther really gives it, like, an emotion and a pathos to it. Um, who I hope wins is Carrie Condon, uh, because I think she's the heart of Banshees. I think she does like such a great job and where everyone else is kind of soulless and mean, she's the person who really like loves people and cares about them. And so I appreciated her performance. Um, if Jamie Lee Curtis somehow wins this Oscar, I'll probably cheer the loudest. Like I'm going to have an Oscar party. I'm going to be eating Ritz crackers, going to be hanging out. And if I'm just have a Ritz cracker in my mouth, and then all of a sudden they say Jamie Lee Curtis wins an Oscar, I'll spit it everywhere. I'll stand up and cheer. She, you know, had her start in Halloween. She did other like slasher movies. She's done yogurt commercials. She's drawn True Lies. She's kind of been, you know, she has been everything everywhere. Um, but you know, it's such a weird performance in a weird movie, um, and for her to actually win this Oscar would be really, really cool. So I think maybe my heart is actually rooting for Jamie Lee Curtis just because I have such a long history with her, as so many of us do. Um, now we're going to get into the main categories, which are Best Lead Actress. These are kind of the holy, you know, final four categories that they anchor the night with. And so let's start with Best Lead Actress. We have Kate Blanchett and Tar, Ana de Armes and Blonde. We have Andrea Riseborough and Two Leslie. We have Michelle Williams and the Fablemans. And we have Michelle Yeoh and Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, who I'm rooting for is Michelle Yeoh. She is so, so good in this movie. She holds it together. Uh, that's probably a theme that you'll keep hearing me say. But man, so much rests on her shoulders where everyone else is uh, getting to be kind of otherworldly and childish. She has to be like rooted and this, like, I am doing taxes for my laundromat business. And she also has to be doing kung fu and running around and doing all this crazy stuff. And um, her performance is just electric. And it uh, really makes that movie work. And so I'm rooting for her. I think she is going to win as well. But I would not be surprised if Kate Blanchett won in Tar. I've not seen Tar, but I hear incredible things about the performance. It's on my list of like, okay, this is one of the movies that I have to see before the Oscars. It's nominated for five or six different Oscars. And so if you haven't seen Tar yet, you may want to put that on your list. But for sure, if you have not seen Everything Everywhere, this is going to be the movie of Oscar night is my prediction. And this performance, I think it's going to be awarded on Oscar night. Then we go to Best Lead Actor. We have Austin Butler for Elvis. We have Colin Farrell for The Banshees. We have Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Paul Mescal for Aftersun. And Bill Nye for Living. Um, there's a lot of great performances here. I'm rooting for Austin Butler because he made Elvis come back to life. There's this like running joke of like, oh, Elvis was spotted here. Elvis was spotted there. It's been going on for 50 years. Of We've been trying to find Elvis. Well, he came onto our screens around the world this summer, and Austin Butler made him come back to life. This performance is truly mesmerizing, and a lot of times, biopic performances, I don't know what it is, but if you can play someone in real life really close to who they were, 
The Academy loves that. And so Austin Butler, uh, he played Elvis true to who he was. There's this moment at the end of the movie. I don't think it's spoiling much. I promise spoiler free and I don't think this is spoiling much. But at the end of the movie, he is playing in Vegas, one of the final shows of Elvis. And he's playing and then they slowly dissolve to the real Elvis playing there. And you can't even tell when it cuts away from him and when it cuts to the real Elvis. That's how much he transferred. Transferred. <laughs> That's how much he transformed. And so um, Austin Butler and Elvis, I strongly recommend uh, seeing that movie if you haven't. It's frantic. It's manic. It's all over the place, much like this solo episode that I'm doing is. But it's also really fun to watch, and he does an awesome job. Uh, the other thing who I think uh, will win is Brendan Fraser for The Whale. This is, before the movie even came out, been a long-time front-runner performance. And kind of like I said about Jamie Lee Curtis, the thought of Brendan Fraser winning Best Actor just makes my head explode. Like, it just makes, like, the fact of Encino Man and the dude from Airheads actually coming onto the stage and winning Best Actor, and even, like, Kehi Kwan, like, Brendan Fraser has disappeared for the last 20 years. Like, he was kind of in The Mummy, and then that's it. Like, I, I don't have his IMDb in front of me. I don't know what all he's done, but he has not done much, and he's definitely not done anything big. And so for him to be celebrated on Oscar night, Oscars love a comeback story, and so... I think it's going to be him. I think it's his part to lose. I had talked about Oscar's love about playing real people. They also love when you transform. Like I think of Charlize Theron and Monster or Nicole Kidman in The Hours. They love someone who completely transforms. And that's what Brandon Fraser does in The Whale. All right, we're getting near the finish line. So now we are at Best Director. For Best Director, we have Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inner Sharon. We have The Daniels for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. We have Mr. Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, we have Todd Field for Tar, and we have Ruben Oslin for The Triangle of Sadness. Uh, what do I think is going to win? I think the Daniels are going to win this award. I think this is theirs to lose. This movie is adored. They've become a household name kind of overnight, and I think they're going to win this award. Who do I want to win? Um, probably the Daniels, but just to spice it up and make it interesting, I would love for Spielberg to win again because... Like I said in the Fablemans episode, if you haven't listened to it already, um, I feel like this is the comeback movie for Spielberg. This is his best movie in 20 years. And I still think um, he is one of our most important, if not our most important living directors. And so for him to step up on Oscar night and really give a speech, I think everyone in this category would cheer for him and root, root him on. And so I would love to see him win, but um, a lot of deserving guys here. I think it's a great, great field. Um, no women and this year's Best Director, which is a bummer, because the last couple of years we have had a woman in the Best Director. We even had one win, and so I love to see more diversity there, but I still think these are really talented directors and would love to see Spielberg win it, although I'll be cheering really loud for the Daniels. Um, and then next, finally, is Best Picture. So here are our nominees for Best Picture. All Quiet in the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of the Water, Okay, I'm going to pause right here because I have not talked about Avatar yet. It's going to be nominated for a bunch of technical categories. Probably win some of them, but I don't think Avatar is going to do too well at the Oscars. I'm a little surprised that this was nominated for Best Picture, actually. Um, I didn't think Avatar was all that great. I think Oscars rarely nominate a sequel. If I was going to nominate a sequel, I probably would have picked Glass Onion. Um, but they picked Avatar for whatever reason. And so... Um, 
Part of the reason that I like Avatar being nominated, someone on Facebook asked me like, oh my gosh, how could Avatar be nominated? What do you think? Part of the reason that I like it is because just about everyone in the country saw Avatar. Like so many more people saw Avatar than saw Triangle of Sadness. And so I think it's really cool to have Avatar be nominated. So at least it gives most people when that comes up on screen, like, okay, I know what that is. I don't know what the Banshees of Sharon is. I don't know what After Sun is, but I know what Avatar is. And so I like there to be at least two or three big blockbuster movies in the Best Picture nomination. And um, I think that's part of the reason they went from five to 10 was it was the year that Dark Knight did not get nominated. So they went from five to 10 to get more Best Picture or more blockbuster movies in the Best Picture nomination. Let's keep going on the list. So after Avatar, we have The Banshees of Inner Sharon. We've talked a lot about that. We have Elvis. We have Everything Everywhere All at Once. The Fablemans. Tar. Top Gun Maverick. Um, I also have not talked much about Top Gun Maverick in this episode, but it's nominated for a bunch of different categories, a bunch of technical awards. It was nominated for screenplay. I think it's a great screenplay, actually. I I would be happy if it won. Um, I think it's a lot smarter than maybe some people want to give it credit for. Um, And it was a really fun movie. And I think it's probably, according to Vegas odds, it's like the third or fourth most likely film to win Best Picture. I would be shocked if it did. But, um, you know, it'd be a cool moment in some ways because everyone saw Top Gun Maverick. It was the one movie that, like, united America. Like, (laughs) it's like we can't agree on everything. But just about everyone agrees, like, no, Top Gun Maverick was a fun time in the movies. And so it's cool to have a movie like this nominated for Best Picture. Um, Other nominations are Triangle of Sadness and Women Talking. And so I've seen most of these. I've not seen Women Talking, Tar, or Triangle of Sadness. Those are all on my list for me personally to catch up with. Again, that's part of why I'm doing this episode, so I can see as many of the movies as possible by Oscar night. Um, But those are the ones. What do I think is going to win? And what do I hope wins? Well, this time, it's the same thing. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is my answer to both. It was my number one movie of 2022. And I think this is the movie that's going to win it all. I think this is going to movie. It seems to have all the momentum going into Oscar night. Now, sometimes that changes and it's shocking, much like Parasite was. Even Coda kind of came out of nowhere to win. And so sometimes if you get too much momentum, voters will zag and go another way. But at this point, this movie seems to be so beloved, uh, especially by voters, that I just don't see any way that it does not win Best Picture. And so uh, I'm not saying gamble on it because uh, I don't condone that. But if you were going to gamble on Best Picture, this would be the picture that I was going to pick. Um, in your Oscar pool, if you're filling them out that night and you do Oscar bingo or whatever else, this is the movie that I recommend. And so uh, if you win, send your winnings to me. If you lose, uh, send your hate mail to Andrew Harmon. Uh, Okay, that's it. Those are some movies that you should be thinking about coming into Oscar week. Uh, We've recorded a couple of episodes coming up. We've got the menu coming up. We've got maybe my favorite movie ever, The Empire Strikes Back, coming up. And so more movies we're going to be talking about coming into 2022. But see some of these films that I talked about today. Get ready for Oscar night. We may even do an Oscar post-show. Appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next time on The Meaning of the Movie. Oh,